Blog Talk Radio. Kingway sucks beer, Locker's acting very weird. Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons, and the afterlife. Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh. Four drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk. Teacher, bad left, Edward is an idiot, Fuck is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Cedar's cat, Kempak's cat, Q is sad, enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We talk Good evening, Trekkies and Trekkers around the globe with that theme song by our most excellent Eric. We are here live with you guys for another episode of Trek Talking and Beyond. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, and with me as usual are my truck experts. We'll start out with the man himself, Eric. How you doing tonight, Eric? Oh, man, I am doing good tonight. The weather has been great. Uh, we have a very excellent season ender to talk about tonight. We got music to talk about. Man, what a great time to be alive. It's going to be fun. And we also have with us Charles. He's out in Vegas. How you doing, Charles? I'm doing good. We got a warm spell coming through for a few days. Can't wait to be talking about the final episode of Stark of Discovery for the season, talking music, talking Trek news. Can't wait. We got a lot. Uh, we're going to be talking about that Hope is You Part 2. That's right, Part 2. The first episode of the season was that Hope is You Part 1. And everybody was complaining, how come they had a part one and they never had a part two? Well, here it is. We're going to talk about it tonight. Hey, we also have with us our good friend, Laura Dre, from the Intergalactic Officers of Evil. Uh, She has her own solo career now, and we're going to premiere her brand new song, Moving Spaces. And she'll be with us live in just a little bit. If you guys like to call and be a part of the show, our phone number here is 646-668. Two four three three, and we would absolutely love to hear what you thought about the season finale, Star Trek Discovery. Which, by the way, season four is currently filming up in Toronto. I heard a rumor that they were filming season four and five back to back, but I haven't been able to confirm that. So all I know for sure is season four is underway. Um, what else? Yeah, we we broke twenty eight thousand followers on our Facebook page. Uh, last week we broke 27,000 and now we broke 28,000. If you'd like to become part of our Facebook family, just head over to facebook.com backslash Trek talking and a N D beyond spell that all out. Give us a like, give us a follow, be part of our family. We would love to have you along. Our numbers from around the globe have changed a little bit from last week. And for that, we turn to Eric. Hello. Yes, we have. uh, You know, it's interesting because last week we had sort of this big shift uh, where a bunch of our international listeners seem to shift over to uh, domestic listeners. But we're headed back the other direction a little bit. 
and we have some interesting numbers to discuss. So this week, approximately 77% of our listeners come from the United States, and in our number one na uh, international spot is the UK with 4.31% of our listeners. In our number two international spot this week is the folks down under Australia with 3.33% of our listeners just up the skosh from last week. In that number three spot, still holding steady, middle of the pack, Norway, 2.9% of our listeners. In the number four slot, holding steady, Ireland, 2.75% of our listeners. And in that number five spot, our brothers and sisters to the north in Canada hold 2.59% of our listeners. Thank you so much to all of our listeners, both, both domestic and international. We love you all, and we couldn't do it without you. And as I said at the top of the show, you can head over to our Facebook page and become part of our family. And if you do that, you can tell us where you're listening to us from. And what I do each week is I go and I pick out 15 lucky listeners. If you see a heart next to your name from Trek Talking, that means you're going to be mentioned on the show. So, Eric, let's start out with our individual fan shout-outs. Who do we have? I'm so excited this week. We've got some good ones. We've got Kevin Beitler. Hello, Kevin from Singapore. Wow, that's just about as far from Portland as you can get, I think. Uh, we're also saying hello, and thank you so much for listening uh, to Viv Starks from Cow Springs on the Navajo Nation down in, uh, in close to Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. Cliff Byers from Sheridan, Wyoming, a Trekkie since 1966. He says, Cliff, so great to have you. I haven't been around since 66, but I've been one my whole life, so that's pretty good. Uh, hello, and thank you so much also to Blair Degler Cren Davis. She says, currently in Greenberry, Texas, but grew up in New Jersey. Been a fan since 1975 when Gene Roddenberry went to college campuses with a Star Trek blooper reel. I think I've heard about this, Jim. You know anything about this blooper reel Blair is discussing? Yeah, actually, I have it. I, I have it on VHS, and uh, you can find it on YouTube. It's a very grainy um, thing, but yeah, I, I have I have seen yeah. it, and you can find it, yep. Well, so fun. And then hello, and thank you so much for listening, finally, on my list to John Nelson from Ottawa, Canada, trekking since the 1970s. Me too, buddy. Charles, who's on your list? Well, I've got Nancy Hartshorn from Winchester, Kentucky. Top fan, Angela Mauer. I'm from Australia, in the heart of Europe. Oh, Austria. 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 There we go. In the, in the heart of Europe. Beatrice Boyer, Sarah Ferrer is from Brazil. <clears throat> Debbie Rainey, who lives in Denver, Colorado. And Betsy, Betty Crum, Borough, New Jersey. Jim, what about you? I bet you got some fans in there. Oh, we, we've got lots of fans. We love our fans. Oh, we're going to start off by sending out a huge hello to Angela Steiner from Sydney, Australia. Good night, mate. Uh, we have top fan Teresa Grazo Buell. Hello, everyone. I'm from Detroit, Michigan. That's where Eddie Murphy hangs out in the uh, Beverly Hills Cops movies. He was from Detroit, Michigan. 
fictional, obviously. Uh, also, Lawrence, the Anthony RoboCop Morgan movies. from what? <laughs> also, RoboCop. Really? Detroit. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He was. You're yep. coming with me, dead or alive. Um, <laughs> Lawrence Anthony Morgan from Stockton, California. We'd like to send out a huge hello and thank you for listening to Elda Krasnick from Melbourne, Australia, another listener from the land down under. And finally, PJ Williams from Boonville, Arkansas. Thank you for listening to us. We really appreciate it. We could not do the show without you guys. If you guys would like to have your name and a shout out, just head over to our Facebook page and tell us where you're from and we'll get right to you. Now we're going to do our birthdays. That was not a Klingon song. Now for our birthdays, we always start out our birthdays with our remembrances for uh, for people that, you know, members of our Star Trek family that are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Take it away, Eric. Now this week we have three people who would have had birthdays uh, who are no longer with us. Uh, the first one that we're going to say happy birthday and remembrances to is Gene L. Kuhn. Um, that's not a name of an actor that you might recognize, but it, it is a name that you might recognize if you're familiar with screenwriters of Star Trek. Um, he was a, a screenwriter, a producer. Uh, he was also a novelist. Um, he was actually one of the, the people who was involved in the original series and sort of set the tone um, for Star Trek uh, as they launched it into the, uh, into the thing that it would become. So um, Gene Elk has been gone for a little while, um, but we sure do appreciate the work that he did. Uh, and we do miss him. So happy birthday and remembrances to Gene L. Kuhn today. We're also saying happy birthday and remembrances to Jane Ross. Um, she played the character of Tamun uh, in the Game Master of Triskelon. She, uh, if you don't remember which character that is, she's the kind of, um, I'll say green Oompa Loompa, maybe. <laughs> she kind of has like green skin and orange hair. Um, and, uh, you know, an integral part of that story. So really fun character. Uh, I personally love that episode. Uh, it's one of my favorites from TOS. So um, happy birthday and remembrances to Gene Ross. Uh, and the last person on my list who's no longer with us is Barry Jenner, who played, uh, of course, Admiral William Ross uh, on DS9, one of the, uh, shall I say, many admirals that are are weird and questionable uh, in Star Trek. Definitely uh, weird, mostly because of the Section 31 affiliation, I think. So, uh, excellent character. Played that sort of semi-creepy role really well, and uh, we do miss Barry Jenner. Charles, who do you have that is still with us? Well, and the list, my first one also is not an actor, but is very popular, especially with the host of this show and many of our reading fans. Happy birthday to Uma, Una McCormick, author of many Star Trek novels, including the Picard, the Picard book, one of the Discovery books, 
and now a Janeway book. So now we got Jonathan Farewell, who played Captain Walter Neo in TNG's Conspiracy. And then I think a very unique, we have Michael Forbes, who played Ensign Roe Lauren in the latter, se- latter seasons of The Next Generation. Yeah, Michelle Forbes as Roe Lauren was just a fantastic character. I loved her Bajoran um, kind of storyline and how she helped yep. kind of launch us into DS9, I think. She wasn't a character from almost that show, but be- I think... Yeah, almost became part of DS9, though she chose not to. Yeah, yeah. And so we got a new character instead. Yeah. <clears throat> Jim, what about you? Well, um, I also am starting off with somebody who's not an actor. Uh, we're sending out a, a happy birthday uh, to Michelle Paradise. So uh, Michelle Paradise is a writer-producer of Star Trek Discovery. So I definitely had to give her a shout-out because uh, I think she's doing some uh, great work on uh, Discovery. So, you know, we had to give her a shout-out. So happy birthday to Michelle Paradise. Um, my first actor on my list is Charlie Brill, who played uh, was in the TOS episode Trouble with Tribbles and Deep Space Nine, Trials and Tribulations. And, of course, I'm talking about the character Arn Darvin, who was a, a Klingon altered, very, very similar to what happened to Ash Tyler on Star Trek Discovery. So happy birthday to Charlie Brill. And we also like to say happy birthday to Christy Alley, who played Lieutenant Savick in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. She was replaced in Star Trek Three uh, and Four. Um, she didn't want to come back, but she was in Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. So happy birthday to Christy Alley. And celebrating a birthday today, matter of fact, is Hannah Spear. Uh, Hannah Spear played Serana, Saru's sister. Uh, she first appeared in the Short Treks episode, The Brightest Star, and later reprised her role on, I, I, I believe, two episodes of Star Trek Discovery, if I'm correct, which I think I am. Yeah, I think she was I think on that two. sounds right. I know, yeah. she, I know she was yeah. in the final episode. Uh, so I think she was in two. So happy birthday. Yeah, she was also on the episode yeah. with Saru and the planet. And their planet. Yeah, that's right. Right. So she, she's been, yep. uh, we've seen her three times on Star Trek Discovery. So now we're going to jump into Star Trek news. Maybe, there we go. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. Incoming transmission. Enter authorization code. Command codes verified. Define parameters of program. Level 9 authorization required. Specify parameters. Transfer of data is complete. Black alert. Black alert. And Eric, what do we start off with for our Star Trek news this week? Well, I'm pretty excited to be kicking off news this week with the article I am simply because uh, when this moment happened uh, while I was watching this week's episode of Star Trek Discovery, I literally put my hands to my heart and I sort of went, ah, that's so cool. Star Trek Discovery closes third season with a tribute to Gene Roddenberry. Michael Burnham is heard in a voiceover giving a monologue that drives home the key theme of the season, which is the importance of interpersonal communication and relationships. 
After the final shot of Captain Burnham giving the order to Discovery to head to warp, the episode displays a quote from Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek, uh, uh, the, tr- the creator of the Star Trek universe, before playing the original series theme over its end credits. The quote reads, in a very real sense, we are all aliens on a strange planet. We spend most of our lives reaching out and trying to communicate. If during our whole lifetimes, we could reach out and really communicate with just two people, we are indeed very fortunate. And I feel like that is a very apt sentiment. Um, And to me, it's about that uh, deeper communication that maybe you can get online with people. I think it works a little better in person for me, but uh, it's something that means something. And I think what he's saying here is, is that it's something to be treasured. And I really appreciated that uh, at the end of this episode that we saw tonight. And the fact that, well, well, spoiler alert, we'll, we'll talk about this a little bit, but the original music was also played at the same time. So very, very nice. Oh, agreed. And you know how I am with music. We're going to get to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. And uh, Charles, what do you got for us this week? Oh, this is a good one. And there's a little bit of a <clears throat> unofficial anniversary kind of connected to this one. Patrick Stewart wins actor at Critics' Choice Super Awards for Star Trek Picard. On Sunday night, the first ever Critics' Choice Super Award aired in the CW, and the Star Trek universe showed up for a total of seven award nominations. For Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, and Star Trek Lower Decks. In the end, only Sir Patrick Stewart won for Best Actor in a Science Fiction Fantasy Series for his work as the star of Star Trek Picard. He beat out Robbie Amell, Upload, Travis Samel, Raised by Wolves, Sam... Hand for Outlander, Kovan Novak, what we do, what we did in the shadows, and Pedro Pascal, The Mandalorian, and Nick Offerman in Dev. Stewart's award wasn't the only honor for Star Trek that evening. The Critics Choice Association presented the first Legacy Award to the Star Trek fan side, recognizing the culture impact it's had across multiple decades while continuing to grow its, and grow its loyal fan base with new stories and characters. Patrick Stewart and Sonequa Martin-Green both accepted the award on behalf of the franchise. Mm-hmm. And just to make an interesting note on Picard, we've been chatting a little bit about this, Yesterday was the anniversary of the red carpet of Picard, mm-hmm. where I got to meet Eric, finally. And we got to meet listener, met- I was going to say listener Shannon, who I think is on the horn right now also. So, yeah, it was very magical and Nate. moment. And Nate. <laughs> sure seems like it's been a long time since that happened, but that was only a year ago. Well, I think it's really special that 
I was going to say really special that Patrick Stewart won this award because, um, you know, this is a critics uh, choice award. And to me, that means that they gave this award to Sir Patrick, not just for Picard, but likely for, um, you know, the role that he's played uh, as Picard over the years, not just to Patrick Stewart, but, as, but for the whole character. Yeah, definitely. Yep, for sure. I, I couldn't attend that with you guys, but I was there. In, and you guys got to meet my good friend, Mark B. Lee, as well. Yep. Wow. We did. Well, that's cool. Uh, they come friends that's with cool. him because of it. So the final story we have tonight, before we get to some, some really good music and have some fun conversation with a good friend of ours who's on the line with us right now, um, how COVID has affected the Star Trek Discovery cast member. The moment she arrived on Star Trek Discovery, Tignatero won over fans with a portrayal of Jet Reno. The engineer's dry wit and deadpan humor made her accessible and endearing. Reno's heartstring-pulling backstory of surviving a crash landing, losing a partner, and keeping her crew alive for several months before they were rescued also drew fans her character. However, it was her cutting and back-and-forth banter with Anthony Rapp's character, Paul Stamets, that many fans loved the most. With the third season all wrapped up, fans are curious to know whether Tig Notaro will be reprising her role in the fourth season. Notaro confirmed that she would be back. However, she revealed that she might not be on screen as much as fans would like. Well, I'm a reoccurring character on Star Trek, and it's in Toronto, and I don't feel safe flying. So I forfeited some work there, Natero said. But the other chunk of work is supposed to be in May, so hopefully things will be in better shape with the pandemic by then. If not, I'll just drive out there, probably. So fans have been really questioning, you know, why we haven't seen a lot of her character. She, you know, we, we see her bump in from time to time to time, uh, but not as much as we'd like, and now we know the reason why. So hopefully, you know, she'll be in season four a lot more. I love her character myself. Yeah, it's interesting. I was trying to think if there was another Star Trek series where we sort of had um, characters who came and went frequently or, you know, sort of semi-frequently. Um, who were kind of major characters, but kind of not major characters. And I, I think there are a few out there who, um, you know, we could probably we could probably pull out. I think everybody wants a little bit more Tig, um, just because, yep. like this article was saying, that relationship with Stamets, the whole like it's almost like they're a, a brother and sister who are constantly fighting against each other, which is so fun. They, they well, are it's great. They, they have a really see... great relationship. Mm-hmm. It was interesting that we didn't see a lot of her in the final episode, yet I was looking carefully and noticed she was in the final scene in the new uniform. She was. And she was also in the the bridge in that uniform. Yep. And the dot repairing scene, she was in that. Yeah, and if you guys caught, um, not last week's episode, but the week before, the episode that Jonathan Frakes directly which was the middle one um jonathan frake said when on will wheaton's ready room show that he was going to be going out that he filmed his episode episode was already done in in the can by the time we saw the episode that episode two weeks ago so that means Mm -hmm. they're moving along at a pretty good pace 
on that on season four. So maybe we won't have to wait quite as long for new Star Trek as we thought. I mean, we've been pretty we've been pretty lucky. We had twenty three consecutive weeks with brand new Star Trek every single week, and this is the first right. Thursday that we don't. Well, that was pretty good. So, that was awesome. We had lower decks to watch, and then we it rolled right into Discovery. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot of good mm-hmm. stuff to talk about. So I'm I'm really looking forward to what they do with season four, and particularly the way season three ended, which we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. If you guys would like to be part of the show and give us your thoughts on season three, where you think season four is going, our studio lines are open. We'll be open for about the next hour and a half. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. And we would absolutely love to hear from you. Please give us a call, and and, uh, we'll get you right on the show. But we have to take our very first commercial break of the night. I know it's hard to believe. Where does the time go, guys? Wow. Uh, It goes too quickly. It goes way too quickly, but that's okay. It's only second at one. You still have... Plenty of segments left, Jim. Don't panic. It's going to be okay. No, we have a lot of segments <laughs> left, but our next segment is going to be the best segment. We got some really good music. We got we got a great, great guest to talk to who's currently on the line. So please, our listeners at Odyssey Radio, we'll be right back. The rest of you guys, don't touch that dial. We'll be back in just about 30 seconds. Trek Talking. All things Star Trek and beyond. Thursday nights, 7.30 to 9.30, all hailing frequencies are open. iTunes, iHeart, Stitcher, Spotify, Amazon, and wherever fine podcasts are found. Trek Talking, boldly going wherever your mind is willing to go. And welcome back. And of course... Of course, Shannon, we're always, always open. There's always a chair at the table for you, so don't you worry about that. Anyways, (laughs) we have with us on the line the former front woman from the Intergalactic Officers of Evil, who we've had on the show several times. We've played a lot of great stuff from them. She's my favorite bad Klingon. She's live from the U.K., Laura Dre. How are you doing tonight, Laura? Laura? Did I lose you? Hello? Uh oh. Uh oh. Technical difficulties. Uh-oh. <laughs> live people. <laughs> this is what happens when you go live here. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Let me see if I can send her Did a text. Did you forget to feed the hamster in the wheel again, Jim? Uh, no, I, I, I swear to God, I she, she was just there. I'm. I'm not talking to uh, <laughs> to nobody here. <laughs> Laura, can you hear me? No. Uh-oh. Okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Well, you know, uh, these connections Laura to the UK, they can be kind of cheeky sometimes. Yeah, they can be kind of kind of funny here. Yeah. But uh, I was just talking to her on, on uh, Messenger. And she was on my board, and then and then she disappeared when I when I clicked on her uh, her number. But hopefully she'll be able to reconnect. But in the meantime, 
uh, we have a good friend of ours on the line. Another good friend of ours. We have a lot of good friends. We're just positive <laughs> people, I guess, huh? <laughs> we must be doing we something us, right. We have with us our old friend Shannon. How you doing, Shannon? Shannon. <laughs> been great. And as you say, it's the anniversary of meeting almost all of y'all in person. I know. It's so fun to actually have yeah. it on the line and to, like, think back to that day. I think Charles may have posted uh, a photo or something on Facebook that sort of sparked my mm-hmm. memory, and then I went back to that day that we all met in line, and that was that was super fun. It was. I and we got to hang out to afterwards, that, too, with so. some of the actors. More stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every time I hear I the words summon villainy now, I think of that bar. That's I can't help I'm going to hook up with you guys it. one of these days. I promise I will. Yeah. <laughs> you should. We should. Yes. We we are gonna we're we're gonna hook up live eventually. In person. Maybe well, we did get to see each other for the. Mm-hmm. Yes, we did get to see each other virtually for the last premiere. Not quite That's the same true. thing. That discovery season yeah. That's premiere true. Was, was fun. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. definitely fun. Mm-hmm. A little different. Mm-hmm. And that was a lot of fun too. I enjoyed that. It was. Yes. Yeah. And that was good because a lot of people couldn't well, go see. to the premiere in person, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that virtual, the yeah, nice right. thing about that is it really opens it up to a lot more people, I think. Um, I mean, I think they still keep it limited, but it's nice because, you know, other people who can't travel well or, you know, might right. not be able to find parking in L.A. <laughs> or, you know, whatever. They <laughs> don't want to fly across the country. They don't want to fly across the country. <laughs> don't do that yeah. on a regular basis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah, it, fun. it was fun. I'm glad I, I got I to finally it. see you all. I, mm-hmm. And we got to see we got to see two episodes as well, which was pretty cool. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that was pretty. Cool. I had a panel that. where Grudge Absolutely. was talking for us. Yeah, and then Grudge <laughs> talked for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. And we did get some really mm-hmm. cool patches in the mail too. Yes. Yeah. I got one a day afterwards, I think, but that's fine. As long as we got them, that's fine. Yeah, I yeah, that's like, pretty cool. Definitely, yeah, it was kind of funny. So, uh, for anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, so a bunch of us got invited to the Discovery Season Three virtual premiere, and they had sent packages to all of the folks who got uh, invited that included things to um, props, so to speak, to go into yeah, the virtual take with. Um, yeah. photo booth. Yeah, to take photos with, and um, and most of us received those packages many days after the event, simply because uh, <laughs> pandemic, you know, postal service, et cetera, et cetera. Mail. Mail, yeah. yeah. But it was still a blast, and I still have mine mm-hmm. here. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, frame them and put them up on the wall, because I think they'd make yeah. a cool display piece. Yeah, mine are on my desk at the office, because they're right next to the letter from Alex Kirschman's attorney, though, so I have to figure out what to do with all that <laughs> Well, don't spill coffee on them, for goodness sake. Oh, no, no. No, no, no we don't do that. <laughs> But I, you know, I got to say, we we were talking a little bit before the show, and I I think one of the things that I love about Star Trek in general, um, you you can hate on Discovery, you can hate on Picard, you can hate on Voyager, you, you can you can dislike anything you like. This is America, still as of right mm-hmm. now, anyway. You're free to like whatever you want, but for me, I love Star Trek mm-hmm. because Star Trek. I have I have been able to meet so many great people, awesome people, through my mm-hmm. involvement with Star Trek that would not have happened if it weren't for Star Trek. And that's right. the one thing. Yeah, Star Trek brings people together. 
Um, you know, I don't care how big the turbo lifts are. You know, it brings people together. And, you know, it's a common ground for a lot of us to, to relate to. And I, I, I praise Star Trek and thank Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry for bringing that dream alive and giving us the chance to share it with other people that think likewise. And that's what's so awesome about Star Trek, to me anyway. Yeah. Actually, one of my have our own. Well, I was going to say, Jim, I think one of the my favorite kind of references to that is um, in Star Trek Picard, episode three, you might remember that they talk about the ex-Borgs and how they have this shared mythological framework. And that's, you know, Mm -hmm. that's exactly what Star Trek is. That's Star Trek describing Star Trek (laughs) to folks who may not know about Star Trek. I totally didn't think about that when we were watching it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it doesn't really matter who the heroes and villains and all that sort of stuff are. Mm-mm. The point is that we all have this framework that we share that tells the 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 morality plays, you know, the little stories that we want to hear that, that you know, uh, show us what a human being should be like. Well, and it makes sense because I like yeah. Star Trek myself because it shows a happy, like a good version of the future where people strive to be better. But think about it. You know, the one person, I know everybody doesn't do anything alone, but he changed the face of the future. You know, we have cell phones, we have all this stuff, we have all this stuff that we do that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't come up with this idea for Star Trek and got it on the air with Lucille Ball's help, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. Of course. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, Leslie and I were talking a little <laughs> bit about that on, on Stump Trek. Mm-hmm. Uh, living the dream that I did with Leslie on Sunday about how Star Trek has not, has affected the real world. It's transcended just being a TV show, a campy show in the sixties. It's affected the real world. You know, we have flip phones because of Star Trek. Mm -hmm. You know, we have, we have iPads because of Star Trek. We have people that have become doctors and astronauts because of Star Trek. Um, it just goes on and on how Star Trek has influenced. It's it's art influencing life, influencing art, influencing life. <laughs> That's right. That's it's right. It's all interconnected. Yep. Yep. It's like the mycelial That's network. What I love. Yeah, That's right. it's like a mycelial network. <laughs> I just um, I, I love it. I love it all. And you know, th- this has been something that's been going on for a while. When TNG came out. Oh, we hate it. The mm-hmm. captain's old. He's bald. The ship is ugly. There's a blind guy flying the ship. He's who's my the age. Kid? Oh, my he God. He was my age. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Uh, now. He's my age now. Every Sorry. Time, you know what I mean? <laughs> every time a Star Trek show comes out, you hear it. Yeah. Now, the People only difference is that yeah. we didn't have uh, multimedia back Social media? Then. So, yeah. yeah, social media. So, anyways, guys, I think we have our problem solved. And uh, with us Yay. now on the phone is my favorite Hello. bad Klingon live from the UK, is Laura Dre. Can you hear me, Laura? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent. You. <laughs> what? You can hear We've me? Actually, to... really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Isn't Yay. that incredible? Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. We've been trying to fill some time waiting for you to, to get your computer up and running. So oh, thank we're glad you. How are you guys doing? We're doing, doing awesome. great. We hear that you're pretty mm-hmm. busy these days. Oh, very busy indeed. <laughs> yeah, we, we've heard that. So, you know, I saw some videos that you posted on your Facebook page 
of your enterprise model. And I was very impressed. I was so impressed I messaged you because I wanted to find out where you got that because I wanted to build one that looked so good. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you so much. <laughs> well, you know, the enterprise model um, is bipolar lights, the 350 scale. You mm-hmm. guys have yep. heard of that? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's super huge, which is totally fantastic. So be prepared to have a lot of space, but it comes without the lights, just so you're aware. And uh, if you do want to light it and mod it up, then you'll probably need to get it through eBay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is available. I I looked it up, and you can get it at the retail places like Amazon and that sort of stuff. But you're saying it doesn't come with the lights? Yeah, it doesn't come with the lights. Okay, okay. okay. You have to buy the light kit. Got it, okay. Yeah, be prepared to use a hot glue and soldier stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Drilling. Of hot glue. (laughs) It's an absolute, yeah, a lot of work. (laughs) Now, what about the shuttle bay? I noticed the shuttle bay looks spectacular. Yeah, (laughs) that one (laughs) was also very difficult to make it took me like literally just for the tiny shuttle bay that is just smaller than um half of my hand it took me already like a whole week <laughs> to make wow yeah it, but but it looks really good laura i, mean, I was very impressed I, I would almost i mean it was like you were a professional model builder it looked that good <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've been collecting Star Trek models since my 90s, but unfortunately, I haven't got my Mr. Spock anymore in the Enterprise Bridge. I think my mom threw it all away when I moved out. No. Wow. Yeah. Sad <laughs> story. I know. Phenom- How long did it take you to, to to build that entire model from start to finish? 11 months. Wow. 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 Dedication. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Okay. But it looks really good. <laughs> oh, thank you. That My next does. project's going to be Deep Space Nine, the fiber optic model from '95. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'll have, have to get a video up on the Facebook page about that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so, last time we had you on the show, uh, you were the front woman for a band called the Intergalactic Officers of Evil, and if I if I recall correctly. Um, one of your band members, Mr. Canal, actually, the thing we remember most about, the reason why we talk about it all the time, is because we were talking about Doctor Who at that point in time uh, with Jodie oh, yeah. Whittaker, and we were talking about the new Doctor, and I'm a virgin, I have, I know nothing of Doctor Who, so these guys had to educate Jim. me. Same. You're not alone, Jim. Mr. Canal called in to talk to us about Doctor Who, which we thought was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> so, <laughs> he loved that. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He, he, we had a great time talking with him. But uh, yeah. So what's going on with the Intergalactic Officers of Evil now? Uh, Anything? Unfortunately, now nothing exactly, because it's all on ice. Um, Mr. Mm-hmm. Cornell is back in Mumbai, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. I'm actually moved out as well from the UK back to Germany. Mm-hmm. And our other bass player, our science officer, Mr. Matteo, is still in London, so we're all split up. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
uh, wow. there won't be anything anything new at the moment. Yeah, and plus my my um obviously my other career now as a solo artist has taken off, so it's a bit uh we're very pressed with time. We wouldn't be able to fit it in anywhere to do some songwriting for the Intergalactic Offices of Evil. <laughs> well, we we do have a brand new song that we're going to premiere of yours called Moving Spaces, which gonna, we're going to play for everybody a little bit later. Uh, why don't you tell everybody a little bit about that song and how they'll be able to get it and when it will be available? Yeah. Um, so this song is about, it's called Moving Spaces for a reason, because, you know, we all experiencing um, in life, we go forward and backward, especially in love and relationships. So that's what the whole lyrics are about. Um, and it's going to be available uh, next week, Friday, 22nd of January. You can get it in all digital music stores. And I hope you will like it because it's um, sort of 80s influenced synth pop with a bit of synth wave. So it's very synthy. You, <laughs> you'll hear anyway when Jim plays it. <laughs> You know, yeah. I keep saying this, and, and I hope you don't take this as an insult, but to me, it sounds, it really reminds me of the Human League. I don't know if you remember oh. them. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> I love the Human League. Thank you. I was in the 80s. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old. I remember that kind of stuff. But it reminded, it had a very Human League-y uh, vibe to me anyways. Yeah, you know, the 80s are coming and, back uh, in fashion, did you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, maybe there's hope for me yet. <laughs> <laughs> you and me but, both, uh, yeah. We do, have the, <laughs> we do have the song, and we will play it for you guys in a little bit, so just hang in there. I want to give people <laughs> a chance to get home from work and have their dinner and join us, so I, we're going we're gonna to tease you a little bit. We do have the song. We are going to premiere it, and then you guys can decide. <laughs> Nice. If I'm crazy, or if it's got that 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 '80s Human League vibe, so uh, <laughs> you guys can make that decision when we play yeah. it. <laughs> Let me know, you guys. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> please, please do. We we really love to hear from you guys. Um, Eric, did you or Charles? Did you have any questions you wanted to ask Laura while we've got her on the line? Well, well, since she's saying that she's got a little bit of an '80s kind of. Uh, down to it. What were your influences on your music? Um, I love anything 80s. So, but my main favorite bands are, you know, New York, New Order, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. Nor Brannigan and Living in a Box. Those mm-hmm. three are my big ones. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Lots of well, stuff. Cool. Wow. I'm, a, I'm a serious well, 80s fan, so. I listen yeah. to a lot of 80s stuff right now. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was gonna say, Laura, what is it about that music that you like? I mean, for me, it's the kind of danceability and sort of like, you know, party <laughs> nature of it. I don't know. Is it the same for you, or is, are there other parts of it that you really like? Mm, Encompass is basically a diff, yeah, a lot of different things. Where um, that's a good question, actually. First of all, um, because my album will contain some dancey stuff, but it will also have some very slow stuff going into the direction of synthwave. Mm-hmm. And then we have the more cyberpunk retro kind of feel to it. And then more other tracks might be more focused on the lyrics. So it all, you know, 
the whole album will be ha- having the theme of unrequited love, <laughs> but mm-hmm. still dancing. <laughs> well, I mean, I think some of the best albums of all time have been about unrequited love. So that sounds like a, a pretty solid topic to me. Honestly, <laughs> Do you, Thank you. What sort of um, sound, I mean, I haven't actually heard the sound, so I can't yet, I can't wait to hear this song myself, but like what, how would you describe the sound that you're kind of going for these days in your solo career? Oh, it's a good question as well. Um, what's a mix of synth pop and synth wave? Um, because of the retro selection of synthesizers I'm using, you'll hear that as well. But yeah, this particular one that you're going to listen to tonight is uh, very dreamy, yet dancey. Um, like I said, Ed, you hear the big toms in the, in the song. It's like so oh. 80s influence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's cool. And like, how did you actually get into music? I mean, obviously you're on at least the, the second iteration of something that we know about, Intergalactic Officers of Evil being the first, and then, uh, you know, this solo career being the second. Presumably you were into music even before the, uh, the Intergalactic Officers. Uh, how did you get into music? Did you love it as a kid or... Oh, yeah, yeah. I got my first guitar when I was 12. And in fact, I actually got this old 80s Casio guitar, right? DG20. It's like a guitar synthesizer. (laughs) Guitar. Yeah. Yeah, guitar. Exactly. You plug in an old MIDI cable. Um, But yeah, so I've uh, started playing guitar at early age. A lot of ACDC, a lot of Nirvana, rock stuff. And then at some point in 2016, I thought to myself, I'm going to go study music now. And then that's how I met Mr. Cornell and uh, Mr. Matteo. And then we formed Intergalactic Officers of Evil. And uh, unfortunately, then two years ago, we um, decided, uh, let's just, uh, take a break for now until, you know, maybe some other opportunity will arise. If Star Trek ever considers us to play at uh, at a Star Trek convention, we would totally say yes. Like, yeah, let's reunite again. <laughs> yeah, and but, for anybody who's maybe listening to this episode of Trek Talking and hasn't heard one of the, the previous ones where we've had Laura on the show, Intergalactic Officers of Evil was a Star Trek-themed band. Uh, yeah. All the songs had Star Trek lyrics. Um, you know, I would argue had Star Trek sound. Definitely had that kind of 80s vibe to it also, which I think we all totally dug. Uh, so, yeah. Very cool band uh, from whence you came. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, but yeah, still um, available on Spotify if you ever, if you guys ever curious about it. Um, got yeah, some don't forget cool my favorite it. song, "Bad Klingon." That, that's my favorite. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there's I like some good lyrics. <laughs> but you know, you were talking about the the um, the '80s sound, and and, and uh, something else dawned on me when you were talking. Kind of like in the in the early '80s, Blondie was fooling around a lot with those synthesizers, um, like on her Auto American album, like the Tide Is High, um, you know, mm-hmm. Heart of Glass type of thing. And she was she really uh, delved deep into the synthesizer sound in the early '80s. Um, I think your new song has some of that Blondie uh, mix in there as well. Oh yeah. I don't know. Am I am I going? Am I getting too old here? <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Right. At all. <laughs> well, you didn't say Joan Jett and a black or anything like that. 
Yeah, Jet Reno, there you go. Jet Reno. <laughs> I love Jet Reno, by the way. My favorite character well, yeah. on the show. <laughs> and that's where she yeah, got her she, name. Right? Yeah, she got to choose awesome. her own name. She got it from Joan Jet, which I think is so cool. Well, you got to pick your own name. Yeah, and be- make it an awesome one. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and, I, and she did too. She did pick her name from Joan Jett. It was I forgot what the ori- the character was originally named, but she went in and said, "Look, you know, I don't like that name. I want to pick my own name, Jet, as in Joan Jett." And you know, <laughs> there she is. Now, now we have yep. one of the best characters. But uh-huh. uh, but I I do I do like the song. I've listened to it a couple of times now, um, and it it really has an '80s feel. And you were talking earlier about, um, you know, some soft stuff. And one of the things that I really liked about growing up in the 80s was the eclectic mix of music. MTV was out. And um, I had 45s from, you know, like Dolly Parton from 9 to 5 and, and uh, Rhinestone Cowboy, but Joan Jett. Nice. I love rock and roll. Um, I mean, I, you know, the the mix of music, don't let's not forget, you know, the Bee Gees and Saturday Night Fever stuff, disco. Um, there was even some country music, uh, by like, um, Juice Newton, uh, uh, Livy Newton, John. And so, I mean, I heard all of of music, Kenny Rogers. Yep. Um, you know, a whole mix of different music that was on MTV in the early eighties that, that I was influenced by. And that's one of the things I like about eighties music. It's, 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 it's not any one type of music. It's pretty, it's everything. If you go back and listen to the top songs, like in 1980, 81, 82, it's all over the charts. It's everywhere. Yeah. And some of my favorite bands, um, you know, like one of my favorite bands is Journey, you know, and Journey's got some really nice stuff like Open Arms and Faithfully, but then they've got some really other great stuff like like um, Love and Touch and Squeeze in Separate Ways and, of course, Don't Stop Believing. And they, they, oh, they yeah, love I love the that whole song. They, <laughs> they don't well, play just one type of music. Yeah, exactly. Well, we got exposed. We got exposed to Dexys Midnight Runners. We got exposed to Big yep. Country. We had a lot of multicultural music that just came through. That just okay. We're not getting just one style of music. We're going to get a wide range of music, true rock and roll. Well, and I will say that the '80s. I think one of the special things about the '80s that honestly leads, like, if we're going to talk about this honestly leads into the music that we have these days is it's the first time you get enough high level technology in the recording industry to be able to have these amazingly large and full sounds in your produced um, product. And of course with the like all digital production methods and stuff. So, you know, Laura's talking about her, her 80s synthesizers. Well, man, that like 80s pad sound that just fills the room and kind of like rumbles your bones there's something really special about that. And that comes from that sort of technological advancement that was happening at that time. Yeah, totally correct with that. (laughs) Yeah. I just, I I geek out on the technology of the eighties because to me, that was a time when like the recording industry really started to take off. And, you know, even if you listen to bands like, uh, like you take somebody like run DMC, even who that so many and the sample and whatnot, so many of those sounds that are being produced from that era, we'd never heard before. Like, it was something totally new, and it filled your earphones like nothing else, which I think was super cool. So, anyway, I talk about the 80s music all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so envious 
Yeah. Of Jim. Jim's got you got to experience the whole eighty scene, man. I was just a baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank it you. Wasn't it wasn't all good. It wasn't all No, I I um I just I I really enjoyed all the music. I always thought that you know you watch shows like Happy Days and American Graffiti. I'm like, why didn't I get to grow up in the fifties when things were cool? But I grew up in the eighties, which was even <laughs> <Yeah>. better. <laughs> so I, I was yeah. cool with that. You know, I, I thought that was a great time um, to grow up. Star Trek. But, yeah. um, the 80s, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I think Jim and Eric always forget the fact I'm a year younger than Jim is. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. You're. I remember you're, those eighties. You're long on the tooth too. <laughs> hey, hey, yeah. hey, hey! So, <laughs> so listen, guys. We have we have our we have uh, some great music to play for you guys um, after this next break. So I'm going to make you wait. Made another couple minutes to hear the premiere of Moving Spaces by the very own Laura Dre. I'll let her introduce the song for you guys before we play it, so she can fill you guys in on whatever she wants to tell you about the song before we play it. So we have about a minute or so. Quick, run to the refrigerator, run to the bathroom. Don't touch that <laughs> dial because we're going to be right back with the world premiere of Moving Yay. Spaces. And after you've heard us talk about it, you don't want to miss that. So please, and please, our phone number is 646-668-2433. If you'd like to call and say hello to Laura, say hello to us, tell us what you thought about Star Trek Discovery, we'll be here for about another hour or so. And, Laura, are you going to hang around and talk some Trek with us after we get done? Yeah, a little on? bit. <laughs> a little bit. As All long right, as so, my eyes uh, can keep open. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, Laura is live from the U.K. with us tonight, so we wanted to get her on as quick as possible. So we're going to take our, our commercial break. Don't go away. We'll be right back with some really, really awesome music. Don't touch that dial. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Freakopolis Geekery, the premier upstate New York comics and game shop. Centrally located between Saratoga Glens Falls, Ticonderoga, and Rutland, Vermont, the Geekery is a haven for pop culture and science fiction fans. For Star Trek fans, the Geekery features board games like Ascendancy, as well as awesome gaming titles like Star Trek Adventures RPG from Modiphius, Star Trek Away Team's Hero Clicks, and of course, Star Trek Attack Wing Ship-to-Ship Tactical Combat for the Tabletop. The Geekery hosts casual play sessions, learn-to-play sessions, and sanctioned organized play tournaments with limited edition prize support. You'll also find comics and trade paperbacks at Freakopolis, including Star Trek titles from IDW. Lots of issues are in stock, and special orders are no problem. Whether you visit in person by shuttlecraft or beam in online to Freakopolis.com, you'll find yourself right at home at the Freakopolis Geekery. And we're back, and we have a real treat for you guys. We have the world premiere tonight of Laura Dre's new single, Moving Spaces. Laura, what do you want to tell us about the song before we play it? I would like to tell you just enjoy the sound, feel the 80s vibes in it, guys. And if you love it, you know... You know where to find me. Come uh, um, follow me on Instagram and um, Spotify. It um, means so much to me and support my music. And, yeah, please do enjoy. Next week out on Friday. (laughs) (laughs) And here it is, guys, Moving Spaces. 
guys. What do you think? Was I yeah. right? Is it, is it, yeah. Does it remind you of the human league-ish type of thing? I, I, I caught you dancing in your chair. I, I saw that on the radio. <laughs> you know, it did. You know, Laura, I'm wondering if there's another band you're into or not from the 90s and early 2000s. Are you into the Birthday Massacre? Birthday Massacre. I've heard of them, but no. <laughs> yeah, it just, like, it has that kind of, it's like borders on the edge. Like, it's definitely synthwave, but it almost has a tiny bit of a gothic twinge to it also, oh, which okay. I really did. <laughs> Yeah, I guess it could be anything, really. <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's what you hear in your head, right? Yeah, exactly. What'd you think? What'd you think, Shannon? Did you like it? I really did, and yeah, I did hear Human League and some other stuff. But I was trying to get a video to go with it in my head, and I couldn't. I just was seeing very '80s colors and stuff with it. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah, how, Laura, how long did it take you to write the song? Uh, it depends. Sometimes I'm very Uh-oh. quick. It takes me four days. Sometimes it takes me two weeks. <laughs> or maybe even more. Yeah. Maybe more. <laughs> yeah, it depends. Well, that's cool. Mm-hmm. That depends. Wow. And how about recording it? How long did it take you in the studio to create it? Um, so I think the songwriting itself is done easily, like, like I said, four days, but then mixing and mastering that's, uh, taken another, I don't know, three, four days, depend, depending how complex the mix is. Um, but for this album, I'm actually working with an old friend who's based in in LA and he's mixing all my stuff. Um, his name is Robert Harder. He's he's a really good friend, legend. Uh, He also worked with... Brian Eno before, Kylie Minogue, uh, um, David Byrne, and some other people. (laughs) Very very known. That's an impressive Uh, list. Indeed. Well, I'm very lucky. (laughs) Yeah, you guys got the first ones to hear the stuff that. Yeah, thank um, you. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know this is a Star Trek show, but we ran into you through Star Trek. So that's all. Exactly. <laughs> You're welcome. Star Trek fans I, always privileged. Side benefit. I was, I was talking so Star Trek while adjacent. we were waiting for you to. Yeah. Yeah, Star Trek adjacent. <laughs> we were wait, while we were waiting for you to be able to reconnect with us. I was I was saying to these guys, one of the things about Star Trek that I really like is all the people that I've met mm-hmm. through my involvement with Star Trek, and you're one of those people. And if uh, it wasn't thanks. for Star Trek. We wouldn't have met, and we wouldn't have had you guys on the show in the first place, and we wouldn't have just premiered your brand new song right here live on the on the show. So that's all thanks to Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but thank you so much, Jim, for having me. <laughs> this is a really a great honor <laughs> to be now, on here. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, Jim, for bringing her in. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I saw that you had a new song out, and we hadn't had you guys on. I didn't know about the Intergalactic Officers of Evil at that point. And uh, I just thought, wow, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot Laura a message, and see if she wants to come on and and play her new song. And here we are. So that was yeah. great. Thank you very much for coming on and and letting us hear it before anybody else. That was great. You're welcome. Like I and said, hope, Star Trek's well, always like a special community to me. <laughs> now listen, yeah, Laura, we need what? we need a little something <laughs> from you now. So in our top five international listening countries we have never had germany and now we know <laughs> oh, yeah. so if you have moved from the uk to germany you need to recruit us some listeners 
100%. I'll try, but you know, I don't have any friends here, so sadly. Oh, okay. Well, well you always have talk. We're always here. Yes. <laughs> and exactly. oddly enough, Germany shows up a lot in our fan shout outs, though. Yes, in fact, we had a does. couple, didn't we have a couple tonight? I think. Yeah, we had a couple tonight. It's interesting because they we always have fan shout outs from Germany and Austria, but they haven't shown up in the top five yet. So, uh, you know, it, and maybe it's just uh, a few vocal fans. Yeah, it might be also okay. the we time, you know. That is also true. We yeah. love yeah. everybody. We love all of you guys. <laughs> but yep. anyways, Laura, um, let's, let's let everybody know one more time where they can go to find your new music. And if they're interested in getting in touch with you, how they can go about finding you to tell you how great the, your song is and how much they love it. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, if you guys really want to drop me a comment, I'll be happy to receive comments. Uh, you can do so on my uh, Facebook page, which is Laura Dre Official. So facebook.com slash Laura Dre Official. Or you can uh, hop onto my Instagram. If you just type in Laura Dre, I should come up. <laughs> and, yeah, the song will be available next week Friday in all digital stores and I hope you're gonna um, stream it download it whatever and enjoy listening to it thank you yes absolutely please do that guys awesome so we'll we'll try to get um, we'll try to get a link up on our Facebook page guys so that if you guys are interested you can just go to our Facebook page and and link right over to Laura's We'll see if we can get that oh. get that up there for you guys. Yeah, you know what? I actually pro- for, forgot. You can actually pre-save it, you know? If you have um, Spotify, you can pre-save it. I'll just um, send you the link later, Jim. Mm-hmm. Put it on there. Yeah, we'll get that on our Facebook page. So anybody, any of our listeners, uh, because we know there's a, there's a huge time difference. Mm-hmm. Not everybody's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get that on our Facebook page so you guys can, can track it down. You can find Laura. You can find her music, and you can enjoy mm-hmm. it as much as we did here. So... We'll get that on our Facebook yeah. page. Yeah. So, thank you. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so listen, we are going to be talking about Star Trek Discovery, believe it or not. That Hope Is You Yay. Part 2. Have you gotten a chance to watch that yet, Laura? Oh, yeah, yeah. I finished it. <laughs> Love it. Excellent. Um, so before we get started, though, I have to give you guys a little warning because I don't want to have any hate meal, mail, mail. <laughs> Or <laughs> so here we go. Here's our warning. You've been warned. Black alert, y'all. We are about to make the jump to some serious spoiler territory. It- That's right. <laughs> Listen to Will Wheaton. Spoilers you, Will. will be coming. So as Yeah, guys, I almost said something a minute ago and I stopped myself. Listen, guys, we're really big on the fans because we're all fans ourselves. We're no different than you sitting in your car or at your house listening to this show right now. We're just fans. We're no different. We don't have any inside info. We don't work for Paramount. We're not getting paid. We're, we're just fans like you. So what we do on our Facebook page is every time an episode airs, I ask you guys on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the best, what would you score this episode? Um, and then... I take the top 15 scores and I put them on our Facebook page, on, on our show, which we're about to talk about. Um, so, Eric, you want to get us started off with what our fans had to say about That Hope Is You Part 2? Yeah, I sure do. Uh, our first listener for the evening tonight is Pat Moore, who gave it a 9. 
but uh, only because Queen Grudge failed to make an appearance. (laughs) 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 Uh, They said, I wasn't a fan at all of the first season, but second season and this season finally beginning to like a few characters. It isn't the stereotypical Star Trek, but direction and stories have been steadily improving. So that's what Pat has to say about it. I love it. Uh, We also have uh, Micah Steg Tomset, who gave it a 10. Season three has been the best so far. Neil Pohl Pete said 10. Excellent. I love how the writing has improved for the show. I'm sensing a theme here. Richard S. Ronell said, (laughs) yes, 10. Fantastic season finale. Alan O'Neill, guess what? 10. Especially appreciated the use of TOS music for the end credits. I totally agree with you, Alan. And top fan Tom O'Neill said, Guess what? Ten exclamation points. Did Admiral Vance mention Voyager? Tom might have missed the whole Voyager J thing, but yes, thank you, Tom. Charles, who's on your list? All right. I got Gould Emerson. Ten for sure. Then I got Richard S. Reinhold. Yes. Ten fantastic season finale. I got Alan O'Neill. Especially ten, especially the appreciate the use of TOS music for the end credits. I got Sam Tress. Pairs. I gave it ten. Very enjoyable. Well done. Satisfying conclusion to the season, and a good setup for season four. And I got Trenton Jones. Only give a nine. Was awesome, but not a fan of the turbo lift scene. Not realistic. <laughs> Overall, I got some high scores. What about Jim? Well, continuing on with oh. the trend. Hold uh, on, mm-hmm. I missed one. Mm-hmm. I got Debbie Glaze. Glance, who also gave a ten. She's a top fan of ours. Mm-hmm. Make sure you scroll uh, down. Yeah. Yep, scroll down. I try to get them all on one page if I can, but sometimes I can't. So continuing with our trend, uh, Stuart Jones says, 10, it was entertaining, very Trek, and enjoyable. The Roddenberry quote at the end, P.S., I don't give out 10, and he just did. Ross Shannon, Mm -hmm. 10, the best of the season. Top fan Damian Stuart said, 10 without a doubt. Top fan Daniel Gutierrez. Guess what he gave it, guys? Take a wild guess. I know. I know. A 10. <laughs> Maybe a 10. A 10. <laughs> but wouldn't it have been cool if Space, the Final Frontier speech, came across in Michael's voice? That would have been cool. But, well, yeah, okay. Um, we'll talk about Christopher Morgan. Let's talk about that. Guess what? Another 10. Glad they did not rush the production. Uh, production. A great season. And finally, my last fan, Jim Stoffel. Guess what he gave it, guys? Not a 10. (laughs) He gave it a (laughs) 9.5. So those are our fan uh, scores. So, Charles, what's our overall fan score? Our overall fan score is a 9.85. Oh my gosh. If you want to round it down, it's a 9.9. 9. 
Wow. And the wow. Top, top, top episode wow. of the season. I looked wow. at the post after Jim, after Jim do it. There are a few descending posts, but majority of the people gave it a high score. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just wanted to clarify that with you guys. Um, you know, I work for a living. I do have a life. So on Saturday, <laughs> I put together the whole show on Saturday, and I get it uploaded on Saturday. So the Discovery airs on Thursday. I post the um, the link on Friday, and then on Saturday, I take I do it. So um, at that point, we had about forty. Uh, get, we have over a hundred now. But if you scroll through there, you're going to see the majority of the. There's always the people that hate it. Yes. But you will see that the, the vast majority of those are all tens, nines, eight point fives. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I come up with with that with those numbers. By the way, I don't want to be accused of of of, of things that I've been accused of. <laughs> so anyway, grading so, on a curve. Now that yeah, yeah. Now that we know what the fans thought about it, it's time for us here at Trek Talking and. Laura from the UK to join us and from Germany. We thought about it. See if we agree with the fans or not. And to do that, I usually pick some sound bites that we're going to talk about. And the first sound bite that I want to play is a sound sound bite that I just entitled Gray. (laughs) Anyone? Hugh? Adira? Oh my God. (laughs) What are you doing here? Um, I brought medicine. How? I hid it in my mouth. We heard you on board, so I knew I'd be landing in Hollow. What happened to Discovery? Has Osira gone? Are they here? Is Paul okay? I, I don't know. I didn't exactly ask permission to come. I can't believe you did this. No, I had to do something. Will these heal you? No, but they will buy us some time. You found them. Yeah, not a moment too soon, looks like. Hi. <laughs> you do have kind eyes. Told you. So one of the reasons why I picked this particular scene is because in the last episode, the scene with Stamets, where, where he <laughs> he stole the episode, talking about how his family, and when Michael blew him mm-hmm. out or shot him out. In the in the uh, warp bubble to get him off the ship, and he was pleading with her not to. And and it was it was one of the best scenes I've seen on on Star Trek to date. And I thought that I thought that that Hugh Culber's reaction to seeing Gray uh, it just comes across the the family unit that these three mm-hmm. four I'm sorry four people have have forged and they can't even see gray yet gray is part of their family and i really love that dynamic um on the show so i really wanted He's to play that particular you know i really enjoyed it so what i want to ask mm-hmm. you guys is 
Do you guys think that they're going to find a way to bring gray into the real world uh, so that we can yes. all see the character? You <laughs> yes. think they're going to do that in season four? What do you think, Shannon? Yes. 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 I do because you Laura, saw how they're connected. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Laura? Yeah. I agree with Shannon as well. I'm sure they're they're so sophisticated in technology in the future. They'll find a way to make that happen. Yeah. Uh, he no, he basically of... promised it too. You know, he he said mm-hmm. we will find a way to bring you so that everybody can see you. And I thought that was a really special moment actually because. Uh, you get the sense as they're about to kind of deactivate the hollow that, you know, Gray is not too happy about disappearing because he's, he's, he's been kind of revived by the fact that all of a sudden he's corporeal again. He can touch other people and that sort of thing. So I think they'll make it a priority in season four. Well, I hate to say this, but because of COVID, it's like the last person I hugged was last March. And I'm like, (laughs) because they're like, I don't want to go away. I can't touch you anymore. Yeah, I feel you. I totally feel you right now. Yeah, totally. It was actually kind of apropos that that was part of it, right? Because when he gets the hug from Colbert, you can see him kind of snuggle into it and just go, oh, my God, this feels so good. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, some of the boards that I visit on Facebook, uh, they mentioned Voyager Mm -hmm. twice. So far, Voyager had a holographic doctor who mm-hmm. had a holographic mm-hmm. emitter from the future. So people are saying yep. that maybe they're going to adapt that technology, and that's how we're going to see Gray in the real world. So that could be a possibility yep. as well. Well, can Any we talk call? about can we talk about why we saw Gray at all? I think that this was maybe a special type of holographic technology because we had two things. Actually, Gray was not the only thing that sort of wasn't real in the real world that showed up in this. We also had the monster, uh, Sukal's monster, oh, yeah. which I think was probably a projection of his self-conscious, of his, of his fear, um, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. That actually showed up as a character in the hollow the same way that Gray did. So I think that this particular hollow on this planet had special, uh, you know, uh, technologies or sensing or something that okay. allowed these, well, that was- these kind of yeah. People to show up. Yeah, go ahead, Chan. But that was sorry, that was Kelpian technology from 125 years before. So maybe the Kelpians have evolved some technology with holograms that can do that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we know really nothing cool. about the Kelpians since the last time we saw them, and they stopped killing themselves at the age of 30. Or well, well, that's Logan's run. But I mean, well. Uh, no. uh, <laughs> But you're right, Jim. Uh, Yeah, I don't really know how, because I will say that, and we'll kind of get into this later on, I will say that there are some, you know, you could nitpick the episode a little bit, but one of the things that I did think was kind of interesting was the question of whether or not Kelpians from this era actually go through the Harai, because I was thinking about Sukal and wondering, you know, he doesn't have this whole, like, cultural... Um, framework of being the prey that that um, Saru had. So I think that that mm-hmm. could explain some of these other alternate stories that we were talking about a couple weeks ago that he's being told about, you know, uh, coming out of your shell if you, uh, I don't know, we were talking about that myth of the monster. I don't want to go too much into it right now. But, you know, he doesn't, he, you never see his ganglia. He's afraid. But he doesn't, that threat ganglia response doesn't happen to him. So I wonder if there have been some biological changes 
two Kelpians over time, or if maybe he's just a kind of a special, you know, anomaly that they just didn't address. And maybe I'm being, maybe I'm digging too deep. I don't know. No, no, it's all, all valid questions that we will have to wait for season four. Well, listen, guys, we have to take our final break of the night, but we'll be right back. Aww. We have a lot more to talk about. I got some great sound bites to play for you guys, so don't touch that dial. We'll be right back after we hear this very important message from Jamie. Hi, this is Jamie from Chep Talking, here to invite you to join us for the best sci-fi theme podcast. Our elite team of Trexperts are here to discuss Star Trek and sci-fi themed content. Call 646-668-2433 Thursday nights from 7.30 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Coast Time. We can't wait to hear from you. Live long and prosper. No, we can't, and we are back. So, yeah, we don't know what happened with the Kelpians after they stopped placing off their ganglia and, and, and beaming up and being a hot lunch. We don't know. Uh, anything could have happened. But... But that aside, <laughs> um, I have another sound bite that I want to play for you guys. Um, and it's just called Connection, I guess. We'll, we'll play it and then we'll talk about it. Disconnection. That's how this future began. One moment in time that radiated outward until no one even remembered that connection was possible anymore. But it is. The need to connect is at our core as sentient beings. It takes time, effort, and understanding. Sometimes it feels impossible. But if we work at it, miracles can happen. Hello, Lieutenant. How may I be <laughs> The chain fractured without Osira, and the Federation is continuing to rebuild. There is a lot of work to do. It will take time, but already the Trill have rejoined. Other worlds are considering it, including Navarre. Saru has asked for time to consider his next steps. So after this latest round of talk, he'll return to Kaminar to help Sakal build a new life. One where the sky has no limits and shines with all the breadth and wonder this new future has to offer us. And as for the rest of us? Congratulations. Thank you. We're going to save that clip for a little bit later. So let's not go there just yet. We have a couple of things to talk about before we get to that clip. So first of all, the music. Jeff Russo absolutely nailed the music cues in this Uh episode. I mean, when I was bawling like a baby, that last clip where we started, we heard the Star Trek theme. She became captain. The Gene Roddenberry clip. 
the TOS theme at the end. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, just absolutely, wow. I, I, wow. But I do want to talk about a couple things. First of all, I think, for me, the reason why this episode was so phenomenal is that it wraps up something that's been going on for three seasons, something that Star Trek has never shown us before, a journey that we've got to go along with on the entire journey from beginning to end. And that is we got to see how a Starfleet captain is forged. Now, we got a little bit of that with Saru. That's true. But the story was always Michael's. And we see a broken, a broken, shattered person in season one who shamed and and disbarred, or I mean, uh, what do you call it? Dis an officer or um, Shannon, help me out here. She was her brank was taken away, what? busted. I guess what do you call busted it? Busted was arrested uh, and charged with a crime. Marshall. So there's that. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, she. she Not was, my favorite uh, law. Sorry. She was disbarred, I guess. Her rank was taken away. No, she, she was just a, a common she criminal. Disbarred is when a lawyer loses their license, not somebody loses yeah. their rank. Silly. Yeah. Oh, what, is, what do you call it when you lose court martial? Court martial. Court martial. And so we see this broken, broken character that just wants to pay her penance and sit in prison and mm-hmm. remorse over what she did. And we go along on the entire journey with that character through season one and season two, and season three, and season three starts with, you know, part one, you're the best hope, and ends with part two of the best hope. And for me, it was a perfect bookend of the, of the journey that we went on with Michael Burnham. Mm-hmm. And she finally became the captain that she was always meant to be, that she always wanted to be, and it wasn't easy to get there. Every other Starfleet captain we've ever seen, oh, here's Captain Picard. Oh, here's Captain Archer. Oh, here's Captain Janeway. We've yep. never got to see the trials and tribulations that they go through to get there. And we got That's to go true. on that ride mm-hmm. with Michael. And I just absolutely, I loved it. When, when she became captain at the end, I want to go back and rewatch all of the seasons now because, <laughs> you know, I was so happy when Saru came, became captain because I felt that Saru earned that. You know, mm-hmm. Saru brought the crew back from the mirror universe. He, he earned their respect. He deserved to be captain. But Michael was always there as well. And I think Michael's journey was perhaps a much more difficult journey than Saru. Saru rose to the top by necessity. There was no one else to do it. He had to do it. He stepped in. He did it. Where Michael was broken, she was busted. She she and she fought her way back and became a captain. And I love that about the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, I and think, I also I think... one other thing I want I want to mm-hmm. say is the Saru story. Saru gave up mm-hmm. everything he was to join Starfleet and to become mm-hmm. the character that we all know and love today. And he he never saw another Kelpian. He was alienated from his race and you know, his culture. And at the end, he, he meets another Kelpian and he's going to go back to Kaminar and he, he's going to learn his culture and he's going to reunite with his culture and he's going to get what he always wanted as well. So it was a great ending. Well, not an ending because there is a fourth season, but it wraps up these stories for both of these characters in such a perfect way, in my opinion. 
So what yeah, do you guys? I totally think? love that as well. Laura, <laughs> what did you think about it? Yeah, I totally agree with you, you know. It's like something we haven't seen in Star Trek before. Um, As you mentioned, the whole course becoming this captain and everything, especially a long uh, process with the Mirror Universe as well. I totally love Giorgio, the character. (laughs) And I hope they're going to bring her back in season four. (laughs) Yeah, she was awesome. Well, what about you, Shannon? What did you think about the, the finale? Well, I actually liked it better when I went back and watched the first episode. So I got the two, you know, that hope is you part one and two and that together. So I hate this. I didn't really want Michael to be the captain just because I didn't, you know, I, I wanted it to be Tilly or Sarita to come back. But, but if you watch those two episodes together, it makes so much sense. And you get to see, you know, cause you, you bring back the, the guy that was communications officer his whole life that had never even seen Star Trek or Starfleet. Like it's it was just it's about hope and happiness and it just it, we didn't get to our score so I'm gonna go with nine point seven five if you watch them together. <laughs> yeah, yep, yep. Eric, what about you? What would you think? Well, I totally agree with the whole like idea of the season being all about connection. I mean, here's what I'll say: I loved seeing the rise of Michael Burnham as a captain. What I lament a little bit, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be contrary just a little bit to your opinion here, Jim, is that I feel like they took Saru to a point where they've developed this character as somebody who was not a typical Kelpian, was somebody who felt like his calling was beyond Kaminar and that he actually needed to, you know, go out there and go out into the stars to become the real Saru that he was meant to be in. In fact, you know, we had the whole storyline where he went through the Harai and he became a mm-hmm. confident uh, Kelpian, so to speak, and rose to captain as a result. And I feel, although I completely celebrate the rise to Michael as captain because I do think it's an, a very excellent storyline, I lament the fact that um, Saru has lost the captainhood now. And I feel like it's, for a good reason, sure, because um, I do agree that empathy is a huge theme in this, not only episode, but in the entire uh, season. And it is Saru's unique empathy for Sukal and his um, shared mythological framework, so to speak, in that he's the same race and can introduce Sukal to all these kind of Kelpian things and stuff. Um, you know, so he's kind of uniquely suited to do that because he's Kelpian. But what happened to the Saru that left Kaminar, that became the Starship Captain and that kind of stuff? So I'm hoping that season four maybe gives us a uh, another Saru story that helps me reconcile the fact that I miss him as the Captain of the Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit later, by the way. Okay. And uh, Charles, Sorry, you get to on this one. <laughs> I think this I think this series is more unique to other series because most characters didn't have a major story arc. Some characters had a story arc. But this too had a major story arc from season one and season two through season three. There was a big story arc in there and you saw a lot of growth season for many characters. This last episode with 
all of the bridge crew working together to save the was finally we didn't we weren't, hadn't gotten as much as we wanted that from discovering previous seasons. And really this really tied the bridge crew together. Yeah, and I think I really this has been a great arc for the series and I can't see, wait to see what they do with the fourth season. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, oh, Charles. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that they actually gave some of those bridge crew lines, that whole scene where they're figuring out what to do next, where Tilly leads the charge, love that scene. Mm-hmm. Like Bryce headlines, Reese headlines, yeah. some other yep. weird, like there was another uh, bridge crew that I didn't recognize. She was, that wasn't. She, that's because she's a, she's a chick that I lost her name. She was Ariam, the actress, and then she's no, 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 playing a her. different no, character. It wasn't, it wasn't Nilsson, it was somebody else. It was, it was Lieutenant Ina. She wasn't the one that I, like, has she been in previous episodes? Did I just miss that? No. No, no. She I've was like, never she was like Nelson for like, for like an episode, and then the other chick was back at the end. So. Uh, interesting. I think we weren't supposed to notice yeah, she, she wasn't the same person. Even okay. though we did. <laughs> okay. She was supposed to be Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> she really was. I think she really was supposed Maybe. to be here. Well, it was weird that Nielsen wasn't in that scene, and she was, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I have one more clip to play for you guys, uh, and it's, this one's called Let's Fly. I think you know why. Yeah. Captain on the bridge. What's the latest? The mining vessel Coloma is waiting for us at the Dilithium planet. First deliveries are two Federation worlds, five non-Federation worlds, and one starbase that would like to thank us with their signature gelato. All right, then. <laughs> Everybody ready? Yes, yes Captain. Captain. There's Jeff Russo dropping that theme in there just at the right moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. I, I just, just, wow. I, I did, I did want to point out a couple of things though. Um, first of all, my score, I, I, I'm going to give it a 10. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I did have some issues I'm going to get to in a second, but, but that don't matter. I loved it anyways. How about you, Charles? I think I'll go with about a 9.8. There were a couple of minor issues mm-hmm. I want to yeah. bring up. Nate brought up one issue that you may bring up. But overall, I still agree. It was a great episode. It was a great season finale, especially without a cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no cliffhanger. How about yeah, you, Yeah, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I like her. Yeah, she's funny. <laughs> I, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, I think this is a really strong finish to the season. Um, I did not like the episode that was two episodes ago. The first kind of part of the trilogy. Um, it took us in a weird direction, but now that I've gone back and, and kind of rewatched it, I do like it better. I'm going to say, Jim, I'm going to take just a little time and say that it's actually the scene that leads up to this scene that I liked the best because the scene where Michael Burnham actually gets control of the computer core and then she Mm -hmm. starts kind of immediately handing out orders after she's rebuilt the, or like restarted the computer core. That to me Mm -hmm. is the moment that we see Captain Michael because she's just like, she reads that and she's like, do this, do that, do this. And do this other thing, by the way, because I'm obviously the one who's in charge of this stuff, and you can tell that I know what's mm-hmm. up. So I love that scene where she reboots the computer core. The whole idea that they're delivering dilithium for a living is a little Planet Express to me, but that's okay because it was so <laughs> fun. <laughs> so yeah, I will give this, I will give this episode a nine point five myself. You get to bring up the caboose on this one, Laura. Scale the one to ten. What would you give it? I'm going to give it a fat 10. <laughs> there we go. There we go. I got no complaints. <laughs> I just enjoyed it. Awesome. Uh, so uh, Jim, I got a couple of points. We, yep. One more thing to throw in. Jamie threw a score of 9 out of 10. Oh, Jamie we scored it too? Uh, she scored it too. She, gave it, put it, she put it in chat. Oh, okay. Nice. I, she, she she might she was thinking about calling, but I guess calling from the other room is just too much for her. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, That's fine. So now we get into the details. That I wanted to uh, that I wanted to mention. First of all, I didn't not notice this. I went back to verify this, and this is absolutely true. And I do not know why they did this, but Tilly's uniform was red. Yeah, they changed it to blue. I didn't even yeah. notice it. Didn't dawn on me. I went back and watched the episode today, and that's absolutely true. They digitally really? changed her uniform color yeah. from red to blue. But here's I why, why I think they did. Why? It. So she, so she was I science don't know. to start with. She was absolutely science to start with. She only got mm-hmm. a command uniform when he made her number one, and that became the the track that she was going to take at that point. My question is, who is going to be Michael Burnham's number one? And, you know, even if Tilly's not command track, it's still entirely possible for somebody in a blue uniform to be a number one. So I'm not concerned yeah. about that. It just is like, yeah. I think it's a formality because the red uniform literally means that you are on a command track in like a Starfleet, like academy, you know, development type way. So. I think that's well, why they did it because they want to keep her in the science section with Samets, with the spore drive, with her brain. I just don't know why they would go through all that money to digitally alter the uniform. I uh, think they messed it up. I think they uh, want her for season four to be in science. And I think when they shot it, they realized that she wasn't supposed to be in a red uniform because I think in season four, she's going to be, She's going to stay in that science end of things. And I, she might actually be number one. I'm not entirely sure she will be. I'm kind of wondering if Saru comes back after he spends a little time on Kaminar, but we'll, we'll talk about season four speculation on another show. 
Well, um, something else, and again, none of these points detracted from my score, uh, by the way. But um, this episode was an hour and one minute long. This is a, I, this is the longest episode we've had to date. Uh, yeah, it was a good one. Most of them, they they pull in around mm-hmm. 45, 46 minutes. Uh, this one was an they hour and one minute. So kudos mm-hmm. to that. I don't know why mm-hmm. they don't do that more often. They're streaming. They're not limited by space. I, um, you know, I always say, Jim, I think it's, I think they do a good job of making the episode the length it needs to be. If it's 42 minutes, it's because mm-hmm. if it was 44 minutes, there would be something extra that they didn't need. I think they're doing a good job of managing the time yep. of these episodes. Yep. Don't fluff the episode just for fluff the episode just to make it longer. Right. Right. Give us the right. content. Give us the content. Which is why I actually don't have a problem with thirty-five minute long, you know, episodes of Mandalorian. But that's also we've talked about that before. Yeah, that's that's a different show. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Something else that we, yeah, that we that have one, touched on briefly <laughs> is uh, <laughs> what, what do you think Saru is going to do in season four? I know. Now, Doug Jones has already said he's going to be back. They said so on the ready uh-huh. room. There's speculation uh-huh. that he's going to become an admiral. Um, no. You know, yeah. or that yeah. perhaps we yeah. may see. Maybe we're going to see a co-captain situation like we did with Spock and Kirk on the Enterprise, where there will be more than one captain on the ship. Yeah, I bet we see more than one captain on a ship. What are you talking about? And if anything, I think we see Ambassador Saru. I mean, Kaminar is now you know rejoining the Federation, so Ambassador Saru makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, that does. Why don't they technically left? They're just out of contact for 100 years or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, I just wanted to mention that I thought the, the quote from Gene at the end, along with the TOS thing, yeah. just, just made just lost it. I, it was perfect. I mean, especially with what's going on with the COVID and everything else, it was a perfect quote and a perfect scene. Just landed yeah. it wonderfully. So my other question is, now that book can jump the ship and use the spore drive, yeah. how does this change the show? What and what does it mean? Earlier, oh, I love it. What no, does it talk mean about for Stamets? You know, yeah. is Stamets is no longer indispensable. That's right. And well, spore drive so technology, that, as soon as they replicate it, is like anybody can drive a ship, right? Well, not anybody. The people. Well, book, well not anybody. It it's from, not from, from, yeah, yeah, Quajon. But it's not specifically book. It's anybody that has his his powers, his whole race does. Now, Quajon, a lot of yeah. them are... But a lot of the Quajon are not good people. So they're hunters, you know. So only some of them are like that. But that means even the the hunters be, could do spore drives. So that could go badly. Yes. Well, I was yeah, under the impression only the... I don't know what the right word is for this, but I was under the impression that, that only the the ruling class of Quajon had that ability because the only ones that could talk to the uh, to the squids was Book and his brother, and nobody else was able to do it. So I don't think the whole plan. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're like Betazoids. I think there's there's only a, a select ones that can talk to the animals like that. But but oh, regardless of how many there Every, are, huh. it huh. changes the whole perspective because Stamets is no longer the only one that can do it. Necessary. 
which is good. Well, it's good for him. Yeah, it's good for him. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I actually think the Stamets storyline is going to be really interesting in season four. I mean, we leave him with the dirty look towards Burnham, right? Um, yep. He's feeling he's feeling bitter, but he's got his family back, and there's this whole quest okay. to bring Gray into the real world. I think the Stamets story in season four is going to be amazing. Okay. Well, to be fair, you know, Michael's boyfriend killed his husband the first time, and yeah. of course he's mad at her. This is yeah. nothing. <laughs> So true. No, good point, Shannon. I mean, he's actually got a lot of good reasons to not like Michael. Yeah. Yep. He'll follow her because she's a captain, but he doesn't like her. So. That's true. That is very true. Now, um, the next point that I wanted to make, make, this this is a big one. This one's all over the Internet. We talked about it briefly, and that is how big is the inside of the ship? Uh, We had this. This battle inside the turbo Here well. Um, and here's, here's the thing. Yeah. Here's yeah, my question. When, mm-hmm. when they upgraded the Discovery to Discovery mm-hmm. A, and now they utilize site-to-site transporters, they no longer need turbo lifts at all. It's a worthless technology. It's like a corded telephone. I don't even think they make corded phones anymore. Um, they do. So <laughs> they do? Okay, maybe maybe somebody from the city has them kicking around. Yeah, but, like but, but, but our phones are all wireless, so it doesn't make any difference at our house, but yes. Yeah. Right, so why because, when, when they upgraded the Discovery, why did they even leave the turbo lifts on it in the first place? It's it's an outdated ancient technology wait, wait, that's not even needed. I have an answer. I don't well, get I have it. an answer. Because they have all these things okay. that block transporters, apparently. You know, like they always talk about Oh, blah, blah, blah. They block transporting on and off the ship. So it might block everything on the ship, too. Yeah, I, I suppose. Right? Yeah. I did point out, though, that it, it's been established. Let's go to Star Trek mm-hmm. Five, where they're inside the turbo lift, and it had 74 decks, and the turbo lift went straight up. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. No. Whatever. I yeah, that was wrong. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it was like a giant elevator, and yeah. but mm-hmm. in a you know in the '60s, that's what a turbo lift would have been—an elevator, a fancy right. elevator. Now, when we saw the episode uh, Q and A with Spock and Number One trapped in the turbo lift, they showed us the turbo the inside the turbo lifts on the Enterprise, and they were just like they are on Discovery. And we've seen mm-hmm. two or three other instances on Discovery where the turbo lifts looked like that, and then there was this, this particular scene where the turbo lifts looked like that. So. I, you know, it's not you know it's not like breaking any anything that they've already established. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, I I didn't get hooked too much on that, but there are people no. who did. Uh, what did Nate think yeah. about that, Charles? Eric uh, or Charles? Charles, what what did Nate think about the turbo lift? I bet he had a lot to say about it. Well, Nate's opinion was, and I kind of agree with him. How much dead space? Is there on Discovery? Doesn't yeah, matter. that's what I wanted. That was a Doesn't lot matter. of space, unused space in there that they were traveling through. And it's like, how much dead space do you really need? Okay, so here's the thing, though. Even though it was completely unrealistic and it was very TARDIS-like, because if you take into account you know, how many decks the warp core fell when they ejected it, how much space yeah. there actually was as Michael's heading towards the computer core. 
absolutely it doesn't make any sense. But here's what I will say. Was not the turbo lift scene amazing action? Was not the, like, Booker fighting Zarek <laughs> scene unbelievable when he, like, insults Grudge and he gets kicked out by Book and he's like, she's a queen! I mean, that was <laughs> classic Star Trek. You know like, he's so, going to say it. Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, the scene did not make logical sense. But, man, like, honestly, if you go back and watch even TNG, guys, it doesn't necessarily make absolute sense, and that's not the point. Good science fiction is about the story. It's about the characters. It's about what's going on and how people are reacting to what's going on around them. It's not about the technology and space around them. So, yeah, you could absolutely nitpick this episode to the nth degree. I don't care. I think it's a TARDIS. There could be infinite space inside the Discovery as far as that concerned. It was an awesome scene. Well, you know what oh, would have made that great. scene just a little bit better, Eric? What would have made that scene just a touch better is if Book had kicked Zara in the face standing behind him. That would have yeah, been there real. There <laughs> No, that would have still been Giorgio's thunder. But you're right. I love how he's standing there. He's got like a bloody lip and he's like, she's a queen. And you're like, yeah, Book. <laughs> funny. <laughs> Don't get him. Oh, oh my god, he loves that cat so, so much. There were there were a couple of other things that that I noticed that Star Trek does all the time, and I it it, it, it yeah. so the first thing was this: Discovery flies around inside Starfleet headquarters, being shot at by every ship in Starfleet and Starfleet <laughs> itself, completely unscathed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, but it this is awesome. something that it did look awesome, and this is something that Star Trek does all the time, and it doesn't make it, it's like, wow, really? I mean, so I'm like, yeah, it looks cool. It looks really cool, but come on, Discovery's going to be able to hold off all these ships, the Voyager, the Nog, well, all the other ships, and maybe, just maybe they didn't want to destroy her because you know. She's the only sport drive they have. Well, it sort That's of felt true. like it sort of felt like maybe uh-huh. shield technology has advanced beyond phaser technology because they show yeah. like every single phaser hit that hits the discovery looks awesome. It's like this cool like dissipating pattern that goes across the hull. Uh, but it seems like they're doing absolutely nothing. The discovery's not even like they're not even rocking back and forth in their chairs like they do. <laughs> no, I just yeah. I, I, don't get me wrong. Uh, I gave the episode a 10, so none of these things yeah. swayed me from yeah. just from loving the action and getting into I was so into it, I didn't really, I, I loved it, but I just wanted to point that out because a lot of fans will message me and tell me that, that I'm so skewed and that I would like Star Trek if it was a turd painted on the side of it, And uh, but that's that's not true. I mean, I notice these things like everybody else, but, um, you know, I just wanted to point that out. And And one more thing I wanted to mention, and this this one was like, really? They went there? You know, the Viridian. Okay, here's another super giant, humongous starship like, you know, Mega Blade. Uh, and um, it opens its mouth and swallows Discovery. My God, how big is this ship, for God's sake? Why didn't it swallow Federation headquarters? I mean, it was like Jaws. It just opened up its mouth and sucked in the Discovery, just boom, and it's inside. And they're flying around inside there doing their thing. And I'm like, oh, my God, they didn't just go there, did they? Another wow. super ship. 
And the thing, Jim, uh, that was very that was most disappointing to me about that scene was that they literally spent like three seconds on it. Like Osiris says something about, you know, make sure you call up the Discovery. We don't want to lose this ship. And then they briefly, like just very briefly show it. And then that's it. So you, uh-huh. you really don't have a sense of scale of how big the Viridian is or how powerful it is. And frankly, like one of the scenes we talked about earlier where all of a sudden the chain is broken because Osira died. Come on, guys. If there's like this intergalactic sort of organization that rivals the Federation, one person dying is not going to break it. So that being said, I still give the episode a 9.5, but those are some things that are like, what? One person dying is going to really fracture an entire organization? I don't think so. Well, I was thinking, you know, she she ruled through fear and hate, and, you know, she used her giant ship, and if you didn't do what she wanted, she killed you. She killed your family. She wiped uh-huh. out your planet. She ruled through fear, and I and I think when she was gone and her ship was gone, that, that, that you know, that fear wasn't yeah, the like, the... like Star being destroyed in Star Wars, and, they, you know, they just, you know... But the Terran Empire lives on even when the Emperor dies. Like, that's the reference that I use, right? It should, like, the the chain is a great foil for um, for the Federation. In fact, now, now that Osira has actually offered herself to the Federation, and basically Vance came back and was like, listen, yes, and you need to stand for your crime. Wow. Well, okay, so now Osiris dead because Michael shot her in the face, which is another issue I have with this this episode. But wouldn't that, chest, but okay. oh, yeah, but what, or whatever, yeah, she she's just shot her. Yeah. But wouldn't the chain <laughs> still make a super excellent foil that is kind of like a friend and kind of like an enemy now, right? Because they they kind they sort of want to join, but Osiris gone, so now somebody new is going to take over. Da 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 da. I feel like they've completely discounted the chain. So now season four, we're going to get no chain because the chain is broken because Osiris gone. That's weak sauce to me. I feel like the chain was yeah. a well, we, very awesome we, thing. We, could have we don't know that. Well, we don't know they that. They said though. that, so we don't know. They said the yeah. chain was broken. They said the chain was broken. Yeah, but the chain well, being maybe broken. Being broken doesn't mean that it's dismembered and disbarred or whatever. I mean, being broken doesn't mean it's still not there. True. We shall see. I mean, you know, the 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 political setup of it, the, the physicality of it is still obviously still there. All their mercantiles are still there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a matter of who's who's running them. But, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it is what it is, you know. Those are just some of the things. And, and one other thing I wanted to mention was this. When, when Michael uh, gets to the computer core and she's fighting Osira, it, we were demonstrated to, oh, what did you guys think about um, um, Aurelio? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm super wow. excited for the fact that it looks like he's actually going to be a character maybe in season four. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Wow, cool. that would be awesome. Awesome. But we got a demonstration yeah. from Osira mm-hmm. when she was torturing or Aurelio. When when and this must be some Orion thing. When she choked him out, she said, "Next time mm-hmm. I won't stop, and you won't wake up." So I guess mm-hmm. it's like the Vulcan death grip, only it's the Orion death grip. I guess. Oh, I thought it was and, just her. 
<laughs> yeah, just, I don't know. Just, I don't know what. Just choking him so that he loses oxygen to his head. She was threatening him. Yeah, so I don't think it's any special like Orion power necessarily. Yeah. No, but she, she had Michael the same. She had Michael by the throat the same exact way, and pushed Michael into the self-replicating wall. Program, and, programmable uh, matter. Programmable matter. Yeah. It keeps, I thought it was supposed to be the core originally, but I'm like no, that's not. Can't be the core. Well, I think no, what people a, have said online is that that is that programmable matter that uh, Michael was getting pushed into was some of the storage media for the uh-huh. core. So it was like the basically like the hard drive of the core is what she got pushed into. And Jim, I'm surprised. Well, maybe you were going to mention this in a bit, but the similarities between that and the scene from Superman three. <laughs> Where the woman becomes a a robot. Uh, I thought you might mention that because you kind of like those old school uh, movies. I love that. Um, I did not love that Michael just kills Osira and that that's the end of it. I feel like we need to talk about that a little bit more, maybe in a future show, um, because to me that's not very Star Trek, and it's one of the reasons that I didn't give this episode a ten. But that being said, it was very Superman three that whole scene, which I thought was cool. I thought it was cool how she went into programmable matter and was able to formulate a phaser out of the programmable matter because that's what programmable matter does. And she, she was I able she to, had to create a phaser. She did. She had it in her hand. Because <laughs> I just rewatched it. So, I think it's pretty sure she was holding it. Those, they were fighting and they those were it. my thoughts um, on the episode overall. And... Um, I'm sad to see Star Trek go. I don't know how long we're going to have to wait for some more. We had 23 straight weeks. You know, every Thursday. We had had the whole year. Yeah. We did have the car. We had a whole year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's it. So, um, Laura, I just, I want to say thank you for hanging out with us from Germany. I kept saying you're from the UK, but you left the UK and went back to Germany, correct? <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm I'm old and senile, and That's I forget right. things. <laughs> so I really enjoyed I tonight. UK, Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> <laughs> UK is where you were before, but now you're in Germany, and that's cool. That's right. I'm not prejudiced. <laughs> I have no problems. I'm just old and made a mistake, and I apologize. <laughs> you're from Germany now, and that's cool. <laughs> that's where. Uh, huh? Uh, was it Nina and 99 Red Balloons? Uh, she's yeah. from Germany, I believe. So, yeah, another yeah, awesome TV song that, <laughs> that by the way, has a Star Trek reference in it with Captain Kirk. So, mm-hmm. yep, I say that I like the original German version so much better than the English version because it just so doesn't better. sound right. It sounds so much better yeah. when she sings it nice in German, it. you know. Yeah. So I just wanted to throw that in there. So thank you very, very much for hanging out and staying up so late with us, Laura, and sharing your new song with us. I really, really appreciate it. Aww. Thank you guys for having yeah. me today. You. you guys are awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, Everyone who's listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> And, okay. and we'll be listening because a lot of our, our um, listeners download it later, which is cool. 
And uh-huh. Charles was able to get uh, got your information posted on our Facebook page, so our listeners can go right to our Facebook page and get in touch with you right there. So you're all set. Yay. So thank you very much for hanging out with us, oh, Laura. Thank you. <laughs> Take care, guys. Good night. And, good night. And Bye. thank you very much. Good night, Laura. Bye-bye. And Shannon, thank you for calling in and hanging out with us as well. Shannon, it's always great to hear from you. Well, thank you. I had to. It's been a year since I met most of you all in, in person, so I had to come hang out with you. Yeah. We yeah. You. yeah. And I, I'm I'm so glad mm-hmm. that you did. Yeah. <laughs> I really am. I, I I remember getting. I remember when you messaged me to ask me if the, if it was real. And I said, yeah, <laughs> he said, it's I real. He said I want tickets. I'm like, really? <laughs> <laughs> is this real? Yep, this is yeah. real. <laughs> and uh, so, anyways, I just want to say thank you um, for for hanging out with thank us you. tonight and uh, trek talking mm-hmm. with us. You're always welcome to join us. So, thank Aww. you very much. Love you guys. And of course, we love you my too. awesome co-host. Eric, thank you for hanging out and truck talking with us tonight, Eric, and doing an excellent job on our theme song as well. Absolutely. It's really fun to hear that. I completely forgot about it until I heard it tonight, and then I was like, oh, yeah, new theme song. That's cool. So, yeah. We premiered the new theme song last week, but that's the new, new theme song because that's we made right. a couple of changes because – that's going to be the theme song for Comic Corner, which is going to be on Monday, by the way. We're going to be talking about Star Trek Voyager 7's Reckoning, um, Issue 1 and 2, 7.30 right here. You guys don't want to miss mm-hmm. that. And that's also going to be the theme song for Book Nook. We're going to be talking about the new Janeway novel by Una McCormick. Um, I just got it in the mail today. I already read the first chapter. I love it so far. The pictures that are in it are great, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to finishing the book and talking about it in the Book Nook. So look for that. And uh, hang out with me and the one and only Leslie Hoffman on Sunday for Stunt Trek. And before I forget, i got to say thank you to Charles. Charles put together our Star Trek news um, intro instead of the beep, 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 beep that we had for a while. <laughs> Charles put, yeah, that, yeah. put together really that, good, that uh, intro yeah. for us. So so thank you, Charles. We need to get to the computer to get thank to our Charles. news. We need to really right. get to the computer yeah. to get our news. So. I thought it was a good exactly. intro of all kinds of uh, mixes from different Star Trek series and computer access. Mm-hmm. And it works. It works, too. So I want to say thank you to uh, Charles for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you very much, Charles. Oh, thank you. This is a fun night. Even if we're, even if we we're still... coming to the end of Discovery, it was still great to sit there and chat about all we saw. Yep. Yeah, it was, there was a lot there. And, of course, I want to say thank you to each and every one of you guys listening, whether you're in Australia or Germany or France or Idaho. It doesn't matter. Thank you for hanging out mm-hmm. and truck talking with us. We really appreciate you guys. You mean so much to us. And just, you know, you head over to our Facebook page and say hello to us. We'd love to hear from you. And, of course, I'm your Uncle Jim, your, your most excellent host on this show. And I want to say thank you to you guys. And everybody, I want you to stay safe. I want you to be good to each other. It's very important. Let's try to make 2021 a better year than 2020 was. Good night, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Good night, long and prosper. And before I close the hailing frequencies, I just want to say we have a new closing theme song that I'm going to play with on all our shows from now on. 
Um, I usually, well, you'll hear it when I get to it. So this is Uncle Jim saying, hailing frequencies are closed. All right, then. Everybody ready? Yes, sir. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 